Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And this is going to be on the role of social media in your radiology practice, what you need to know, and why you need to know it. And this is based on an exhibit we had at RSNA. So let's get started. And um, the whole issue with social media, I guess, everyone knows about social media because it's in the front of the news every day, whether it's uh, President Trump or it's something from Facebook or something from Google or anything from Instagram to Snapchat online, everybody knows what's out there. Now, what's interesting is healthcare has been very slow to adopt a lot of the things we know about social media, and there are many things we can adopt that can help our patients and help ourselves provide uh, better medical care. So we're going to talk about that. And this article from Fortune Magazine about four years ago did make the point, and there was really... Um, early, but an early call that social media was going to make a big difference, that it may provide tools that its users can't live without, in some cases, literally. We talk about social media, which are computer-mediated tools that allow people to exchange, create, and share ideas or information, pictures, videos, and virtual communities and networks. Social media is the future of communication, and the future is now. It's an array of internet-based tools and platforms that increase and enhance the sharing of information. And when you look at articles, this good article by Eric Ransert made the point that it's gone uh, from outside of radiology to all major organizations, to the journals, to medical institutions, and whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or beyond, people are adapting it as part of their practice. Now. Whitney showed me this chart where you look at social and professional networks as one part of social media. So you have Facebook and YouTube, Instagram. Then you look at blogs like Tumblr, for example, and microblogs. Twitter fits in there, Vine. Uh, and again, it, how you divide things up really is not the issue. I think one of the challenges perhaps for radiologists is there are so many different possibilities that people get overwhelmed and confused. And basically, when radiologists or physicians in general get overwhelmed and confused, they basically do nothing. So you really need to focus on a couple of these. You can't do all of them at once. And if you're getting involved, just start with one at a time. Now, there's no doubt that mobile is driving social media from a trend to a way of life. I commented to someone yesterday at Hopkins. I was in the elevator like six people. And every single person was looking at their phone. And I said out loud to two people I knew and four strangers, what did people do in the elevators before we all had smartphones? And someone said, well, we kind of looked at everybody else in the elevator. Well, if you look at it, the global smartphone base is growing. More than 25% of the world's population, 42% of the world's mobile phone users will have advanced headsets, and 53% of mobile phone users will be internet users. Okay, so it's not just a phone anymore. And if you look at it, you look at what people use their smartphones for, it really goes far beyond many of the things like banking or jobs, but at the top of the list is healthcare. And when you look at companies like Apple, when they come up with new products, they talk about a new way to use your health and fitness information. And whether it's a smartphone or a tablet, that's really where people are indeed looking. Now, with our patients, the idea of social media is a way of providing what they really want. Well, what do they want? They want 
access to the medical records, to their images, information about their diseases, including outcomes. They want access to the physicians or other healthcare providers when they want them. People no longer willing to be Marcus Welby. Dr. Welby would see you every once in a while at his house. He'd tell you what to do. You'd go home and do it. Now, the good thing with Marcus Welby, almost all the time the patient was cured very quickly within the same 30-minute episode. But the reality is, is the idea where a physician tells someone to do something and they do it without thinking more about it, those days are probably gone. And this idea about access is very critical. And every hospital now either has or is gonna have some way that patients can access their chart and read all about their own personal health and therefore share it with other people. So those things are changing. From radiology, patients want to interact with radiologists. They want to know what their treatment options are and if they're getting a study how it should be done. They want second opinions. And the problem that also overrides everything, there's a lack of trust in the system and that becomes more and more problematic. Now, we wrote an article a couple years back talking about the role social media will play as people want to control their own health as they control everything, finance, education, social media will play a bigger and bigger role. And rather than allowing other physician specialties or random websites to set a determined debate, it's important for us to become very involved in social media and really get the information the patients need. And, you know, it's interesting is a chicken and egg thing, but this whole idea of patient-centric uh, healthcare really is social media is pushing it in some sense or makes it happen. Again, people are not isolated. It's no longer what the doctor says and there's no more information. You have a certain disease, you go online, you can see thousands of bits of information, different websites, people will comment on things. Uh, hospitals needs to be involved. You need to provide truth. You need to provide the right answers that people want so they don't look at sites that maybe aren't as accurate. You need to be part of the patient's life and a first source of information. Now, Gary Glazer wrote an article a number of years back where he spoke about the problems of radiology, the first of which is no one knows who is a radiologist or not. And because of that and other things, that many people don't really understand what radiology is, that it's, they think it's of little intellectual stimulation and that we're commodities. Well, commodities are terrible because no one pays for a commodity. With social media, perhaps, we can redefine ourselves. We could tell people what radiologists are, what we do, what our various exams are, what our roles are in healthcare, and how we touch patients many times during their hospitalization or when they're outpatients. And the benefits for radiologists are this visibility. And again, Eric Granchart wrote this article talking about improvement of patients' visibility among clinicians, increased interaction, the ability to exchange relevant information, distribution of discussion and information. And there are many different articles. This article by Pat Giria made the point, you know, that it can flatten hierarchies, break down boundaries, provide access to a global network of healthcare professionals is changing the way everything is being done. Now, I asked that when I gave this talk at RSNA to the crowd, how many people have websites, how many people are involved in websites, and a very small amount of people raised their hands. But then I said to them, the fact is, all of you actually, in fact, do have a website, and their website is radiologyinfo.org. 
That's a website from the ACR and RSNA, and that's who pays for the site, which means it's your dues that pay for it. It's a site that's been around for about 15 years now. It's designed only for the patient. It tells the patient everything they need to know. The site was redone about a year ago. It's spectacular, particularly it's mobile, which was redone significantly. We talk about different diseases. So if you say lung cancer, you choose that. We go through what is lung cancer, all the information about diagnosis, the therapy. We talk about the varying radiology tests. We tell you what you need to do to prepare for a CT or MR, what to expect, what's going to happen during the study, what happens before the study, and what happens after the study. And because this information is designed specifically for the patient, the wording, we have experts designing and writing the articles, but then we have other experts who redo the wording to make sure that patients can understand it, that it's not too much physician language. And now we're over one million monthly visits, so obviously things are going well. Now this is not the only site. There's a thing called cancer.com or cancercommons.org, which basically looks at patients who have cancer. You can ask them questions. They can tell you about the latest trials. They really pay attention to everything that's going on. And so where maybe you have no hope going to the site, the site will give you information who you might contact. You also can give them information, and they can even find you or hook you up with a doctor. So it really is a very impressive way of gathering information. They have lots of numbers, 100,000 number of cancer patients, cancer papers published annually, rather, 50,000 clinical trials, number of clinical trials reported at the recent meeting. So again... It goes through information. The person who formed the site was actually told he was going to die a number of years ago, more than a decade ago, found a site that was doing experimental therapy on his tumor, went and found those people, was treated, and is alive and well today. So he's speaking from experience, and you can see uh, you can get involved with that site. We talk about what other people think. We talk about uh, Men's Health Magazine, Bill Phillips is the editor, speaking about that how patients and radiologists need to work closer together. This interaction becomes critical. We believe their patients want to hear directly from their radiologists of what studies to undergo, the results, and recommendations. People want to take charge of their health. And when you look at social media, it really impacts on every step. It impacts on education, whether it's medical student or it's postgraduate, whether it's referring physician or it's the patients. It affects on patient care from patient education to help physician education and allied health professionals and research. The web and social media can be used as a way of recruiting patients, patient follow-up, as well as trials. Now, if you ask me and say, Elliot, what's the most helpful social site to me? I would have to answer some questions. What's your mission? What's your intended audience? What kind of media do you want to use, static image, video? What is it you want to do specifically? And then, of course, what is your budget? And the goal, of course, is how we can provide connectivity between your team, your goals, your vision, and the world, or at least the audience you call the world. So then you ask the question, well, where should we go? And these are probably the four most common sites people use. And if you look at the top 10 networking apps, Facebook's on the top of the list. You see Twitter's number two. If you look at social media networking apps, Facebook on the top of the list. LinkedIn, Google is there. 
Uh, again, depending on what you want to do, there are certain locations that will make things better, make things easier, and really allow you to go into that information. Now, even CT is Us, we've expanded from our typical uh, CT is Us, which is all information, lectures, and uh, uh, slides of cases, and schematic drawings, all the typical education things, and we have social media. And the social media, it's another way of reaching, in our case now, 1.4 million people, but we have all sorts of things, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and the like. And so we provide on Facebook a case of the day. We provide pearls every single day. We provide drawings which vary in frequency. We provide information outside of radiology to keep people interested and balance the news and whether it's something that Blumberg said about cancer or what Julie Dreyfus said on SNL or anything that Eric Clapton might happen to be doing. And you can see the numbers, 1.1 million reach. That was in March, now we're in, uh, uh, 10 months later, we're at 1.4 to 1.6 billion million people, not billion. And if you look at the total views, you can see that we have 200 to 400,000 people use our site every single day. You gotta think about that, that is indeed impressive. You lecture to 200 people, now I'm reaching over 200,000 people on a bad day. And it's interesting, and maybe not surprising, that the age of the people who use Facebook are younger. So you see under 45 is the majority of people. It's a bit more men than women. And it's not just the U.S. The U.S. is 20% of our market. It's worldwide. And whether it's India, Pakistan, Egypt, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, it's amazing the places you never would have guessed are looking at your information. So you have a way of reaching those people. And then we also, just look at the numbers. You can post a, a case, a runoff study, 377,500 people were reached and 38,000 extra views on that case. Those are indeed are impressive numbers. And we've written about that now, talking about Facebook as a way of doing education. That Facebook is more than just a social media to follow your friends and relatives and all those crazy things. We're able to communicate information that can be critical to teach and to train. And it's being embraced by medical professionals from health awareness to research projects to consultation to disease awareness, you name it. We also use Twitter. You can see 83,000 impressions over a month period. So we don't push Twitter as much. We really focus on Facebook and push things over to Twitter. But you can see we get a lot of people. We also have videos, all of our cases, our quizzes, our lectures. We have over 3,000 videos, okay? And YouTube works very well. YouTube is part of Google, but does an incredible job of helping you create the lectures and then being able to store the lectures. In terms of social media and patient care, you also need to think differently. Can you use social media as a way of recruiting patients or following patients? This great article by Schumacher wanted to reach patients with a Fontaine palli palliation. They reached a small number of people. Then they put it online and within days, they got a massive number of responses. 574 where they had a handful before. And overall, social media referred 84% of all responses. You can see that social media has the impact of really changing how we practice. Also, for example, can you use social media to expand your clinical practice? 
telling people to get virtual colonoscopy or low-dose lung cancer screening, mammography, talking about image safely or image gently and image wisely. Those initiatives for patient safety can all be addressed. We talk about, and it's not just in radiology, the Center for Disease Control, the Health Protection Agency, WHO, all use it. If you want to tell someone there's a uh, epidemic going on or an endemic going on, you could reach billions of people in a matter of hours, not a matter of months. Now, one thing you need to be aware of is not everything on the line or on the web is perfect. There's some sites that you may not like. There's a site called Yelp, and Yelp some of you probably use because you want to say, I'm in Boston, tell me a good restaurant that has steak. It gives you people's reviews, and in that sense, it's very good. But this article by Doshi made the point that people are also giving their recommendations and reviews of imaging centers or hospitals. So I just happened to type in Hopkins, and our average rating was three stars. That's not that good. I mean, we're a five-star place at least. But you better be paying attention to what people are saying and fix anything that perhaps is not meeting what people expect to have as their experience. Now, can you wait? The answer is yes, because you can wait on anything. But there is a first mover advantage. People are developing trusted sites, and if you come late, it may not help. It may be too little, too late. And the fact is, things are constantly evolving and things will constantly change. You're never going to reach the end of the internet. And if you look at it, when we talk about using social media, because social media have become integrated into the lives of millennials, medical education materials need to be adapted to reach this generation of physicians. And so even the training of ourselves, of our colleagues, people are used to seeing things online. So this whole idea of things changing, millennials do favor more technologically oriented teaching methods and web-based delivery of information. So really things are changing. Facebook is in a great position, so is Google because they're able to mine those changes. So challenges, let's go back through that again. You wanna do a website, it takes time. Not just one day, every day you gotta do something. Content is king, you need to have content or reach content or do something with content. Someone needs to take responsibility. Nothing is for free. Revenue may be a challenge. So if you develop free content, we've had CTSS 15 years, it's still for free. Then the question is, is it part of your core mission? I think at the end of the day, however, uh, it's a tremendous opportunity to change and improve your practice. Now I will say we always need to remind people things can go wrong. Know the rules, know the time commitment, Again, it has questionable academic rewards, so you want to be careful about that and know its long-term strategy for satisfaction and for working well. And again, social media does carry the need for caution. We made the point that you can make terrible mistakes you can't take back. In social media, you can't write something and say, oh, forget it, let me take it back. No, no, no. People heard it, they saw it. It's part of the world's record. Uh, social media, apps, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, have huge audiences, three billion users. Again, the question is how do we fit it into our practice? Uh, that's a challenge because it seems obvious, but then in practice, like many things, it's not so obvious. I think at the end of the day, this uh, comment by Cavusi, 
The increased prominence of electronic health records, email, mobile devices, and social media has transformed the healthcare environment by providing both physicians and patients with opportunities for rapid communication and knowledge exchange. However, these technological advances require increased attention to patient privacy under the HIPAA Act. So again, you need to be careful. You don't, if you're uncertain, don't do it. Uh, so again, there's a lot to learn, but there are a lot of great opportunities using the web for education and uh, education, patient care, improving care, dealing with your patients, making radiology look better, you name it. Social media can do it. And with that, I'll see you on Facebook. Bye.